Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. I am your host, Trevor J. Brown, and we have a great show lined up for you tonight, including Mark Stone back with us, NFL Picks. For week number one, let's win some money with Mark Stone. That is coming up tonight. I know a lot of people joined us all season long last year. They love the pick segment. It is back. We're so happy to have Stone back for season number two of the Trevor J. Brown Show. We also have the Moron Spotlight. Myself and brother Harrison went to St. Paul on Tuesday night. We attended the Phoenix concert at the Palace Theater. I will have my review of that coming up tonight. But we open tonight with an update on some things that occurred over the summer. I do want to make one thing clear. Last week on the program, I mentioned to you about how I... uh, one of the things I've been doing this summer is, is losing weight. I've actually been doing it all year. I don't want people to think that I've lost 41 pounds this summer because that would be very, very, very unhealthy to lose that amount of weight in in three months. No, I've been doing this um, since since January. Me and Mama Brown decided to put our minds to it and to try to lose a pound a week, 52 pounds in 52 weeks. And she's been doing absolutely phenomenal. Great work, Mom. I think, what is she at, like 42, 43 pounds or something? And I'm right behind at uh, at 41. It's going well. I'm doing the 16 and 8 fasting where you don't eat anything for 16 hours and then you can eat for 8 hours. During the week, Monday through Friday, I'm trying to be really good. Don't eat junk food. Don't eat chips. Don't eat desserts. Things like that. And then Saturday, Sunday, have whatever you want within reason, of course. Sundays, it's going to be easier during football. I'll just say that. It'll be easier during football season because then I can say, okay, Saturday, go out and eat, do whatever you want. But then Sunday, that's kind of your day. That's your treat day. And with with Sunday, we already have it planned out. We're making a big old pot of chili. We're going to have Fritos and all the fixings with it. And uh, then I'm going to bring some brownies over for dessert. So it'll be great. It'll be fantastic. But I, I just wanted to sort of clear that up if there was any confusion. Not that you care that I've, I've lost weight. People are probably like, why are you tooting your own horn? Blah, blah, blah. But for the people that want to try to better themselves a little bit through uh, this journey called life, that's uh, something that, that I'm doing. And again, I just wanted to make it clear, I haven't lost 40 pounds in two, three months. It's been a whole year-long journey. 
So I, I, one of the other things that I did this summer, and I want to share this story with you because sometimes we bend over backwards for people or situations in our lives that we shouldn't, we shouldn't. I mean, we, we just, we, when you really look at the, the grand scheme of things, I have this, this type of personality where I always, in a way, have trouble shutting my mind off and... That's why I, I like to do the podcast and we do music and think of different things to do all the time. What's the next project? What's the next thing? And part of that is because I like being creative, but I also need to learn how to just sort of relax every once in a while. Well, one of the ideas that I had for the summer, I have I have a day job. I enjoy my day job. I get paid very well for my day job. I don't want to talk about my day job on the air here. But I enjoy it, and I get to work from home, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. But I had this brain fart idea at some point during the summer, because uh, there were so many jobs within the local school district, and I was like, well, what if I could continue to work the job I have right now, and then also do something else, either full or part-time, and then I could take that money and perhaps pay down more of my student loan debt. So I applied for some jobs within the local school district because there's like 9 billion jobs in the local Elk River School District. And I've never proclaimed to be the smartest man in the room, but I've never had really good success with, with applying for a job at the district. Either you apply for a job, you never get a call back. I've never, in fact, out of uh, my whole adult life since graduating high school, and I graduated in 2005 in Zimmerman, I've probably applied for, I don't know, it hasn't been a, a ton of jobs within the district, but easily five to 10 jobs. And up until this point, I've never e even gotten a phone call back to schedule an interview. And I'm not applying, obviously, for teacher positions. I'm not qualified for teacher positions. I'm not I'm not applying for coaching positions or or anything like that. I'm applying for, for stuff that I know I could do, like being a media assistant, uh, working in the library, working with community ed. Well, one of the things that I applied for on this was like two, three, four hours a day working in uh, the cafeteria in in the lunchroom I thought well that'd be great if I could do that for you know part of the day and then I could work my full-time job and and all of that that was what was in my mind so I finally I get a phone call I actually get a phone call this time and the person on the other end of the phone says hey we'd like to set up an interview are you still interested and I say well yeah I applied for the job <laughs> That I, I didn't say this, but it's like, well, I applied for the job the night b before you called. Like, of course, I'm still interested. So, sure, let's line it up. Let's line up an interview. It's 1230 on like a, on a Monday or something, right? And they're like, hey, we'd like to have you come in for an interview. I was like, great. I have open availability the rest of the week. Well, actually, could you come in today? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, I could be there. What? What's you know? Does three o'clock work? Two o'clock? Well, uh, how about one thirty? And at this point, it's like twelve thirty-five, twelve forty. So 
less than an hour to get ready and prepare to go to this job interview at uh, at the district office. And at this point, I, I mean, I have flexibility in, in my day. So I was like, sure, I whatever I can. I can be there. Then you go and in the lobby, they have you fill out like this test to see if you can do some very simple math with uh, making the meals at, at the school. Um, as if it's not all prepackaged garbage anyway. Like, it, it's, it's almost that scenario of <laughs> when they advertise for Panera and they're like, oh, we, we have these fr- you know French bread pizzas now. Yeah, do you honestly think that there's some Italian chef in the back? Yeah, you know, Leonardo whipping up some fancy pizzas at, at Panera. No, those come prepackaged. It's prepackaged bullshit that they're putting in an oven and heating up for you. But on the commercial, they make it look all fancy and shit. No, that's not it at all. It's the same thing at the school, except it's not fancy. It's just prepackaged stuff. So they I fill out the test. Yeah. They give you a calculator for it. And then and then uh then I get to go back for the interview. And it's a panel interview, and there's three different people. There's the uh, the district representative. There's the person who runs the the like the the person in charge at the school, and then there's the union rep that's there. And uh, they were all nice, you know. They were all, they were all fine, but when you start the interview, and then it's a it's a panel interview, so there's all three of them, and they're just reading these questions off of these sheets of paper, and then they're writing down my responses and I'm th- I'm sitting there through the interview and I'm thinking, well, I've actually interviewed people before uh, I've run a staffing office for crying out loud and uh, reading questions off of a sheet of paper is like one of the most disingenuous things that you can do. Like you can have questions in front of you, but to actually read the questions off of the sheet of paper and then to write down my responses. I'm sitting there during this interview and I'm like, should I maybe be interviewing you? That's what I wanted to think of. And when I really think of that now, I, I'm i like, why, why did I go and jump through these hoops and try to be there for this within an hour? And then, so I didn't, I didn't get the job. I never even got a call back. And I'm like, when I think of it, yeah, I... It would have been stupid to even consider doing it because I would have been stretched more thin. And sometimes, like I said, I just need to learn how to enjoy what I have in my life. The flexibility that I have now. Enjoy the job that you have now. There are times where I'm really busy, but there's also times where work isn't that busy. And and uh, that's kind of nice to enjoy that. When you think back on it, it's like, oh, I jumped through all these hoops. You get to the job interview on less than an hour notice. They do a panel interview. They're reading questions off to you. And then they don't even have the common courtesy to leave me a message. I I might not even have answered the phone. They could have left me a message on my cell saying, hey, Trevor, thanks for coming in. Sorry, we decided to hire somebody else. But they couldn't even do that. This is This is a school district. A school district in the state of Minnesota that is... All of these school districts, they are so desperate to find people. 
And I don't, like I said, I don't care that they hired somebody else. That's fine. That's not the point. But to not even give a courtesy call back, I did that when I worked at the staffing company I worked for all the time. You call people back. You try to find another thing for them. What may be a better fit? Because, look, I'm not, again, the smartest person to walk through the door. I'm not the smartest person in the room. But through this job, you could have said, hey, uh, we didn't hire you for this, but we do have this position available. Would you be interested in this? But instead, they just let me walk out the door and let me vent about it on my show. Maybe that's why I didn't get the call. Maybe they found out about the Trevor J. Brown show and how controversial it is. Oh, my goodness. The other, th- the other thing that's funny about it was during the interview, I went so... It was such... I, I had such... I'm a good interviewer. Yeah, like I'm a good interviewee. I, I can interview well. I'm a good interviewer, but I'm a good interviewee as well because I have good responses. And one of the things I brought up, because they asked the, the, the age-old question, well, why do, why do you want this job? And in my head, I'm like, it's a job. I, I want the job. Like, I want more money. Like, that, that's the answer, right? But of course, you give them some line about how I feel like I can make a big difference by serving really unhealthy food to our youth of America. Right. But I, I, in my response, and uh, some of the listeners of the program will remember uh, in the Zimmerman Elk River area, Vern Frederick. We love Vern Frederick. May he rest in peace. Vern was the janitor at, uh, at Zimmerman Elementary when I started school there. And Vern was always so nice to everybody. And when, uh, I worked at the local radio station in Princeton and I would come back to call a game when I was older and out of school. Vern did like the book for stats and stuff. I think for football and basketball. I remember seeing him at football and basketball games. They called him the Godfather. And uh, I remember going back and he, and he remembered me. Like, I, I'm like, Vern, how, how do you remember everybody? But he always took the time, and it wasn't just one of those, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, he would actually stand there and talk to you. And I mentioned Vern in that reason. Like, he had a positive impact on me. He was nice to everybody. And that's true. That That is 100% true. I know I was joking around earlier, but I want, you know need the money, blah, blah, you know, want the money, blah, 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 all that. But I actually gave a good response. And I do mean that because Vern was a hell of a guy and he was a genuine guy and he was nice. And that's, that's something special that I remember. And the panel interview chicks looked at me like I was speaking Italian or just, they looked at me like, who, who is this? And what I wanted to say in that moment was, you know, look, you you may this all may be like just some job for you guys. You probably don't even live in the school district, um, but I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I went to Zimmerman Elementary. I went to junior high here. I graduated from Zimmerman. So these names I wanted to be like, listen, sweethearts, um, familiarize yourself with a little bit of the history that has happened here in in the district, but it sort of just went over their head. 
So the point of the story of me telling you this is not, oh, poor, poor me. Find pity on me. It's realize who you're taking the time to jump hoops through for. Because you need to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth my time to do this? You jump through all these hoops and then you have people that, again, it wasn't even necessarily about the job and getting the job. It was the the arrogance behind it all. The panel interview. Asking me questions off a sheet of paper. And then not calling me after to tell me that we went in a different direction. How poor is that? And you're trying to teach children in the future. that You're trying to teach children that go to the schools in your district of proper etiquette and manners. And hey, here's how you do a resume and here's how you answer these questions and here's how you go out and get a job. Well, everything that you did in terms of interviewing me, it was wrong. And I can tell you that because I've, I've, I've dabbled in that before. I've dabbled in that industry. And I'm, I'm not the, uh, you know, I, I don't know everything, but I know a few things to know that how you did it was wrong. So if you note to the district, if you're looking for quality staff members in the future, perhaps take a little time to actually give a damn. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. This is our flag, the new album from Chairman of the Board. Featuring 10 new tracks of instrumental music and over 30 minutes of music. Stream it wherever you stream music and buy your digital copy at inherentdream.bandcamp.com. This is Our Flag by Chairman of the Board, out now. One of the uh, things that I want to say as uh, we sort of shift gears i'll have my uh review of the phoenix concert at the uh, palace theater in saint paul coming up in just a, a couple seconds but we talked in the first segment about just realizing who and what you're taking the time for to jump through hoops keep in mind too it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're not close to or affiliated with. Like this was a job interview with the district. I didn't know these people, whatever, but even keep that in mind with family and friends. I'll give you an example of, of something in terms of alleged friends. I've had people, I won't name names, but they have told me how much they have enjoyed the music of chairman of the board. And when the first album imaginary friends came out in 2020, wow, this is really good. It's, it's dynamite. We love it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, when the new album came out back in June, this is our flag, which by the way, you can stream that wherever you stream your music. When that album came out, I for this one, I decided to actually print up 
some CDs, like jewel case, old school CDs and send them out to some family and friends. And some people I told like, Hey, I want to send you a copy of the album. Some people I just sent the album to whatever. And I did it just because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't order a lot of them, but it's like 50 of them. And I still have half left and I'm like, whatever. I just want to get rid of them. So if I'll, I'll even give them away for free, I don't care. So for some of these people, I reached out to them and I'm like, Hey, I'd love to send you a copy of the album. Are you still at your address? I, here's the address that I have on file. And this one person that I texted, I said, Hey, I'd love to send you a copy of the new album. What's your address? No response. And you know, what ticks me off most about that. Everybody and their mother, everybody that I know, when you hang out with somebody, 99% of the people that you know have their phone within an arm's length of them. And if the phone buzzes, if it goes off, they're on it. They got to check it. They got to check the notification on Facebook. They got to check Snapchat. They got to check the gram. They got to check the text. But then when I text you, I must annoy a hell of a lot of people. But some people, most people, maybe they don't like me. I don't know. Maybe I come off too abrasive or something. So they legitimately look at that text when they get it. And they must roll their eyes or something. And they just don't respond. And I think, whatever. Again, you're just giving me fodder for, for the podcast. But if, 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 if it's something where you can't even take 30 seconds to say, hey, good to hear from you. I can't respond right now. I'll text you later. Or, hey, that sounds great. My address is this. Or, hey, sounds good. My address is the same as the one you had last year. Or, hey, I was just blowing smoke up your ass. I hate chairman of the board. I don't want a copy of that album. Or just respond saying, burn in hell. I don't ever want to talk to you again. Like, I don't care. Like, just give me some response. But instead, it's this it's this element of, like, ghosting. And I'm like, and aren't you a little, aren't you a little old for that? I mean, don't you, don't you just want to be a good person? But instead, no, it's, it's the, it's the, you see the text you get the eye roll and then there's, there's just no response who in their right mind thinks, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a total prick and I'm not going to respond. But the thing that I love most about all of that is I will text people and I will have a question and then they will say, I'll have to look into this. And then they never let me know the answer. They never respond back. But these are the same type of people where if they text you and you're at, I don't know, let's say work during the day or you're on a hot date or you're busy doing something or you're out to eat and you're not within uh, the arm's reach length of your phone and you don't respond back in like 30 minutes. They're like, is, is everything okay? You never responded. Oh, so it's, it's okay if you don't respond, 
But then if, if, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. There are times, look, you're in the middle of dinner. You're at church. You're in a movie. Sure, there's times where I won't respond back right away. Me and, and uh, our good friend Tim, which uh, I want to say congratulations to Tim and his wife. They just welcomed a brand new baby boy, Jack. Jack is a, an avid listener of the program and a, a huge fan of the Trevor J. Brown show. So he's even he's even going old school with it. He's listening to old tapes of the uh, Another Round with Trevor Brown podcast, too. So Jack knows what's up. But uh, congratulations to you guys. But it, me and Tim have this great back and forth where it'll be like, it might not respond back right away, but it was like, hey, I was you know busy doing this. Sorry, I didn't talk to you here or I didn't respond back right away or whatever. And it's like, you don't have to justify it. Like, but you, he at least has the common courtesy and I have the common courtesy in our friendship to be like, Hey, sorry. I didn't respond back right away. Or, Hey, I was out doing this or, and then like, you'll actually respond. And we don't talk every day, but we have like a, a, a pretty consistent back and forth text going. Same thing with, with brother Harrison. We go back and forth on, on everything. And we might not text every day, but at least we have the common courtesy where it's like, hey, uh, I fell asleep, didn't respond back to your text. Or, hey, I was busy at work. Or, hey, I was just lounging around. I I fell asleep on the couch. I was video gaming. Whatever. But you have the common courtesy to, to say, hey, I see you. I hear you. But for the people that don't, it's like, yeah, you're, you're Mr. Important. You know, it's just, or Mrs. Important. Speaking of uh, Brother Harrison, we went on uh, Tuesday night to go see Phoenix at the Palace Theater in St. Paul. If you don't know who Phoenix is, they are a band from France. They're an alternative band. They have won a Grammy before for Best Alternative Album for their record, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. Some of the songs you might know from that, uh, Listomania, 1901, Lasso. If you like alternative music, you know the band Phoenix. Well, we, I, I saw that they were coming back. I think they announced it back in like May or June. And I'm like, holy smokes, we got to go to this show. Because generally, Phoenix is one of those types of bands where it's, hey, we're going to come tour America and we're playing like Los Angeles, Chicago, New York and Toronto, and then we're out of here, right? But not only were they playing St. Paul, they opened their brand new tour in St. Paul. So I was pumped to see them. Never seen them before. Get to go to the Palace Theater, a venue I've never been to before. First off, my thoughts on the Palace Theater. I get so tired of these places that they renovate the theater. They spend 15, 16, 17 million dollars. The acoustics were great in there, but my goodness, Palace Theater, could we invest in some seats that were made for somebody that doesn't weigh 75 pounds and, and, and is anorexic? Look, I get that I'm fat, but there's nobody that weighs more than 130 pounds that's comfortable in your seats. My goodness. And have you heard of air conditioning? Me and Brother Harrison, before the show, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and... We each had a beer and we split a cheese curds and we had the chili queso dip and we had wings and we had a ton of food, 
right? So much, so much for my first segment clarifying the uh, the weight loss thing. But last night was a special sort of uh, a, a special trip, a special time. So we thought we're gonna go to Buffalo Wild Wings. We're gonna get whatever we want, not worry about it, have fun, right? And uh, to sort of keep myself accountable, I <laughs> stepped on the scale when I got home. And, uh, you know, my doctor says, don't, don't be intimidated to step on the scale more than once a week, like hold yourself accountable. So I'm going to step on the scale when I get home at midnight after Buffalo Wild Wings and this concert and all of that. And I'm like, it's definitely going to be higher, but because my fat ass was sweating the whole show, I think I sweat out all my Buffalo Wild Wings. I actually uh, wasn't, it wasn't, the scale was not that heavier uh, the other night. So that, that was nice. But no, the, the Palace Theater, it's, it's a very intimate setting. It only holds like 2,500 people. It's a great place uh, for a show. I don't recommend the seats. The floor was, was general admission. It was standing room, but I didn't really feel like standing the whole time. So that's why I, I got the seats. Phoenix was absolutely stellar. Every song that I wanted to hear from them, they played. It was a great set list of, they played, there's 10 songs on Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. I think they played eight out of the 10 on that album. They played some old songs. They debuted a brand new song here in St. Paul, uh, world debut live. Uh, the song is called Tonight. It has Ezra on it from Vampire Weekend. Great song. They played another new song called Alpha Zulu. The, but the light show, the light show and the graphics, they actually put in work. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash uh, the Trevor J. Brown show. And when you look at that, we have a couple of pictures up there. Some of the visuals, like it looks like they're playing like in a, in a palace or they're in a castle. And it just, they actually give a damn like they actually made it really cool and unique and and one of the things i wanted to touch on was they have pretty much on every record they have a a track that is kind of an instrumental piece and on wolfgang amadeus phoenix it's called love like a sunset part one and then there's part two and in part two it finishes with with a vocal but the visual for that at the show was was absolutely stunning. When the song starts, the video behind them shows a man laying on his back and he's it looks like he's at a picnic in a park. And then it goes out a little bit more so it's like 10 feet away from him. Then it's 10 meters. Then it goes to 10 miles. And it keeps doing this. And then you don't see the man anymore. Then you see like the city. And then you, you know, it's 10 meters and, or you know, 10, in, you know, 10 feet, 10 yards, 10 miles. And it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps backing up and it keeps backing up. And then you see like the outline of the city. And then you see planet Earth and it keeps moving backwards and backwards and backwards. And then it gets to be like 10 light years away, a hundred light years away. Now we're like in the depths of outer space. 
And then as the song starts to transform into part two of the song, now the camera comes closer and closer and closer and closer back in. So then you see the man at the original sort of pose on his back, picnic in the park. And then the camera moves in closer on his hand. So then it's to the very tiny, minuscule part of his hand. It goes into like centimeters. And then it's, I, I forget what the last thing was of how, how in-depth on his hand was, but it's like an an astrogram or, or it was something with an A. And I, I, I'm forgetting it, but... The visual from seeing the man to going into the depths of outer space to going into the depths of his hands and how close you can be. I'm not going to lie to you. That visual itself brought a tear to my eye with the, the music playing and the, the visual itself. I don't know who thought of that, but it was incredibly moving. An incredibly moving piece of music and art. And when ba a band can do that and bring you a tear to your eye, I was just absolutely floored at how how beautiful that was. That was, for me, probably the, the highlight of the show. And if you were to ask me, well, what song do you think will be the highlight of the show? I wouldn't have picked that. In fact, I didn't even know they were going to play that song. But they did, and boy, was that an absolutely beautiful moment. If you get a chance to go see the band Phoenix, I definitely recommend them. Uh, but if, if you don't get a chance to go and see them, uh, stream their music online because it is definitely uh, some of the best music that you can listen to right now. We have the Moron Spotlight coming up next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Mark Stone coming up in a matter of moments with week one NFL picks. But uh, we have so much good stuff from the summer that we compiled for the Moron Spotlight. So some of these stories are a few weeks old. But bear with us because we want to get to them uh, because they're just they're just too damn good. Residents in the town of Millinocket, Maine, this was back in June, say they are outraged and disappointed after a local insurance agency displayed a racist sign remarking on the Juneteenth holiday. Progressive and Allstate are terminating their relationships with the agency according to representatives of the insurance companies. Here's what the sign said. They actually got pictures of this. And this is a guy that sells progressive and all-state insurance, and he thought this was a good idea. The sign read, Juneteenth, it's whatever, we're closed, 
Enjoy your fried chicken and collard greens, the sign stated in a large font. It was taped to the front of Harry E. Reid Insurance Agency. The small town sits about three hours outside of Portland, Maine, and some 50 miles away from the U.S.-Canadian border. What I am shocked about is that these people that own these companies, whenever I read stories like this, I think, wow, can it actually be that hard to start your own business? Because clearly, morons like this went and got everything they needed to be accredited with selling insurance, and this guy clearly has a problem with the Juneteenth holiday. Why, why do you lose sleep over that at night? Why, why, why do you have so much hate in your heart that you have to feel the need to put up a sign like that? Now, I don't know how old this clown is, but this is further proof. I guarantee you he's older than me. So I'm 36. So let's just say the guy is like 50 or above. What is the deal with people that are 50 and older why do you feel the need that every little minuscule thought that comes into your head is somehow validated? Like you realize there are certain things I talk about on this show and there are certain things that I say. And then there are certain things that I don't talk about because they may be boring or uh, not that they might be too controversial, but uh, you sort of have to decipher what you're going to talk about, what you're going to say. But some of these people, they, that's why old people, you've ruined social networks. You, you ruin Twitter. You ruin Facebook. You ruin all these things because you just think that everything that you think of has to be told to the world. And let me tell you, it doesn't. Uh, over the summer, classy bitch uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene boasted that... Uh, she told the reporter to go back to your country after being asked about the disparity in gun violence between the U.S. and the U.K. We don't have guns in the U.K., that is true, but we don't have mass shootings either. A woman whose identity was unclear asked Green at a press conference, according to a clip the congresswoman posted to Twitter, children aren't scared to go to school. Green, flanked by other pro-gun House Republicans, including Lauren Boebert of Colorado, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, and Andrew Clyde of Georgia replied, you have mass stabbings, lady. You have all kinds of murder, and you've got laws against that. Nothing like the same rates here, the reporter replied. And then Green said, well, you can go back to your country and worry about your no guns. The U.S. homicide rate is four times higher than the U.K., according to the Pew Research Center. Nearly 80% of U.S. murders in 2020 involved a firearm globally firearms accounted for 54 percent of all homicides in 2017 while knives accounted for 22 percent for a united nations global study on homicide well if you gave those facts if you gave facts to marjorie taylor green first i don't think she would know how to read them but second then she would call it like fake news that's that's what she would say also over the summer uh senator ted cruz he slammed Elmo and Sesame Street for calling on children under five years old to get vaccinated. Elmo, uh, he's three years old, according to the show, received the COVID-19 vaccine on camera. Very controversial. The long-running kids show tweeted a video of Elmo and his father discussing the benefits of the COVID-19 vaccine in an episode. 
Cruz then responded demanding to see evidence that the vaccine helps children of such a young age. He says, quote, thanks Sesame Street for saying parents are allowed to have questions. You then have Elmo aggressively advocate for vaccinating children under five, but you cite zero scientific evidence for this. Here's your problem, uh, man-child Cruz. If we present you the facts anyway about vaccines, you're not going to believe it. We have, we have all these vaccines in the world. Like, uh, you know, polio isn't a thing really much at all in the world anymore. But back in like the 30s and 40s, it was a terrible thing. I had an aunt that, that had polio and she had to spend a whole summer at, at the hospital. But you don't really see that now. You don't see people staying in hospitals for three, four, five months in iron lungs because there's a thing called a vaccine and we got rid of it. But because all you soccer moms out there want to play God and doctor, well, we're going to do research about this. Take the, Get your kids vaccinated for things. How about? My goodness, you don't know everything. Okay. Like I said at the top of this show, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. I'm not the smartest person in the room. But I'm not stupid either. I'm all I'm all for if you want to ask questions or whatever. But I get so tired of these these parents, these soccer moms that act like they know absolutely everything about well, we want we want to investigate it first. Investigate what, bitch? Come on. Um, some other funny things from, uh, from over the summer when Georgia governor Brian Kemp overwhelmingly won the Republican primary in Georgia back at the end of May, his chief opponent, Senator David Perdue was quick to admit it was over. He said, everything I said about Brian Kemp was true, but here's the other thing I said was true. He's a much better choice than Stacey Abrams. Perdue said shortly after the polls closed. But another one of his opponents felt something was off. Listen to this. I want y'all to know that I do not concede. Kindis Taylor said in a video posted to social media, I do not, and if the people who did this and cheated are watching, I do not concede. Kemp won Georgia's primary with about 74% of the vote. Purdue, who had the backing of former President Donald Trump, earned about 22% of the vote. And what about Taylor? How much of the vote did she get then? 3.4% of the vote. Taylor is a fringe far-right figure in Georgia with a history of making false claims about the 2020 election, voting machines, and how elections are run. In the days following her defeat, Taylor has asked followers to sign affidavits saying they voted for her to prove she won the election despite no evidence the vote totals are incorrect and with the deadline to challenge an election already passed. Uh... Here's my new thing. If you claim election fraud, you have to present it. If you claim election fraud and there was none and you can't present it in a timely manner, you are barred in the future political campaigns in the United States of America. You know what ruins democracy? People like you. And this is this is the Republican primary. The Democrats had nothing to do with this. This was Brian Kemp 
defeating David Purdue 74 to 22 or whatever it was, wasn't close. And this person wasn't even close to David Purdue with 22%. She got 3.4% of the vote. Yet somehow no one has heard, no one voted for you. No one has heard of you. And yet it was all rigged. Okay, show us the evidence. And if there is no evidence, you don't get to run again. Because this is just casting doubt on democracy in this great country. And when people have doubt, then they don't go to the polls and they don't do what democracies do and vote. So stop saying things that aren't true. It's absolutely terrifying to me that we now even give these people an ounce of credibility. That we even give them a platform to speak these things. Because if there is no proof, we, we have heard from the MyPillow guy for two years about how all of this, this proof he has about how the 2020 election was fraudulent. Well, uh, we've seen none of it. We have seen absolutely none of it. So uh, where is it there, my pillow guy? You know, you know you're in for a tough, a tough road when you got guys like the my pillow guy and a guy like Alex Jones in your corner. I don't want to be, I don't want to be around that corner, you know. And this is coming from a guy, me, who generally leans pretty, you know, conservative. Also an update for you here before we get stone on the program. We have asked Governor Tim Walls to come on this program. I uh, have, haven't gotten a response. We have also asked uh, his, his main opponent, Dr. Scott Jensen, to come on this program too. And we haven't received a response. You know, for the, for the, uh, for the media request for, for Dr. Jensen... One of the questions that you have to answer is, do you have integrity? And you check the box, yes or no. I checked yes. That's a lie. (laughs) But how funny is that? Yeah, okay. Thanks for the response, appreciate it. Now they work for us. They they can't come on for 10 minutes. Uh, My question is, This is the election that I feel if you actually had a worthy candidate, you could beat Walls, right? Because, hey, he didn't handle the pandemic well. He shut all this down. Didn't handle the COVID response well. Look at gas prices. Look at inflation, right? But with Dr. Jensen, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of money coming in here. I'm not seeing a lot of pro jensen ads on the tv i'm seeing billboards and billboards that say lower gas prices with a picture of matt burke on it his running mate and i'm like well how how are you gonna lower gas prices safer streets how are you gonna do that see all these guys all they did for the last two years was they bitched about covid They bitched about the shutdowns. They bitch about the gas prices. They bitch about inflation. And you know what? We were all in the same boat. But from the right, from the side that I sort of lean on, I didn't hear a lot of uh, solutions. 
I didn't hear a lot of people being solution oriented. It was more like, hey, Walls is doing a pretty shitty job right now. Uh, well, what would you do to make it better? Well, you know, he's, he's not doing a really good job. You can't shut it down. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, what would you have done? I'm not, I'm not really hearing concrete plans uh, from, from anybody. But hey, do you have integrity? I could, I, I should, that should be a question that I ask him if he ever comes on. Do you have integrity? Because some of the things that I've heard him say, I don't necessarily know if, uh, you know, comparing COVID-19 vaccines to how things were handled in Nazi Germany with Jews. I don't know if making that comparison is... Uh, has a lot of integrity to it myself, but uh, whatever. I mean, you can vote for him if you want. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you an update here about uh, Walls and and Jensen. I would assume we'll get neither of them on, but uh, you never know. I'm, I'm sure then too, if we we do get them on, they'll make, uh, they they'll uh, they'll ask for questions ahead of time. You know, like like we're some hard hitting. Dan Rather. It's it's a podcast that not a lot of people listen to. You want to come on or not? But come on. <laughs> Give me a break. Mark Stone. Speaking of people you want to listen to, Mark Stone is next. Week one NFL picks. That's next on the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. Week one of the NFL season is upon us. It got started last night between the Bills and the Rams. Well, we're going to give you picks for the rest of week one in the National Football League. The popular segment is back. Mark Stone, our guest on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Stone, so glad to have you back again for a season full of picks. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Trevor. Again, exciting that football is back. We had a great game last night between the Rams and the Bills. Definitely one to go down for the ages as far as a kickoff game goes. So, yes, I'm excited for the full slate on Sunday, my friend. Let's get started with uh, your doppelganger, I feel, Dan Campbell and the uh, Detroit Lions are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll tell you what, man, I think Detroit's going to be improved this year, and I think they come out of the gate. I think this is a close game. But I think they pull it out, and I think Detroit wins this football game. Ooh, I like it. I like it because, again, I think there's going to be a couple kneecaps being bitten off in this game for Detroit as they're going to paw, scratch, and bite their way to keep this close. I will tell you this. If you get plus four on this game, you got to take it with the Detroit Lions. Yes. Money down in the bank. This is not the carved in stone bet of the week, but it might be one of my top five because I love that line because I'm with you. My doppelganger, Dan Campbell, he knows how to fight. However, I am picking Philly to win this game. I think they know they need to grab the games while they can um, coming out here. So 
expectations are high in Philly. I do think Philly wins in a close one by one or two points. Your 49ers go and open the season in Chicago against the Bears. Don't overthink this one, folks. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it's not Trey Lance. I don't care if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care if Urban Meyer is playing quarterback for the 49ers. I like the Niners on the road here. Agreement. Niners are going to get this done. Chicago could quite possibly end up being one of the worst top bottom three teams in the league. Don't overthink this. Like you said, take the Niners. Smash Mouth AFC North Football Sunday. You get a good matchup between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. You got to keep something in mind, though, with this game. Ben Roethlisberger ain't there anymore. And even if he was there, the last couple of years, Big Ben wasn't really Big Ben. He was just sort of a shell of himself. I do like Pittsburgh. I like their defense overall. I think Tomlin's going to coach this team up to be an 8, 9, 10 win team. But I think with Pittsburgh Stone, they're going to have to win a lot of football games on the defensive side of the ball. I think Cincinnati's going to take a step back to earth this year. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're a good team. Um, But they're not going to be as good as last year. But with all of that said, I like Cincinnati to open with a win here. Agreement here. Cincinnati is going to open with the win. However, we are talking about the carved in stone bet of the week. Ooh. You take Pittsburgh, baby. Six and a half points nice. being laid. They're not going to win a divisional game against the Steelers at home by a touchdown, folks. You, you're, at, at worst here, you're going to get, well, you can't even get a push at six and a half. So I think you're going to win that money, baby. It's a Mike Tomlin rah-rah spot. You know he's putting it up on the board. They think they're six and a half points better than us. They're not. Yeah. So, yes, give me give me Pittsburgh on the bet. It's the card and Snow bet of the week, but Cincinnati wins this game by a field goal. Absolutely, and, and it's the type of game, too, where it's like first team to 20, I think, uh, wins the game. The problem is with Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky is now your quarterback, so you got a problem there. New England and Miami, as a Patriots fan, you know I hate the uh, – seasonal trip down to Miami it's gonna be hot it's gonna be gross uh you know I I told you I think we mentioned last week or I mentioned off the air or something I I hate the Patriots at at the beginning of the season like their their schedule is brutal to open the year Miami to me Stone is this huge big question mark like yeah they have some expectations to uh has expectations now you bring in Tyree kill everyone's talking about this defense can they put it together uh, we'll we'll see there's a there's a lot of questions like like we've been saying with that said I don't like what uh, New England is doing on the offensive side of the ball with really anything in the development of Mac Jones so with that said I like Miami to win this football game agreement here with the Miami Dolphins. However, this would be another bet that I would possibly lay money down. I think three and a half is too big. Mike McDaniel in his first game at the helm with Miami, we really don't know what we're going to get. And I really don't think Miami knows what they're really going to get. Tula Tagovailoa could be in trouble as uh, Steve Belichick licks his chops <laughs> to get after him throughout the game. I think the only thing, the only reason why I don't have New England winning this game is I do think the toxic twins of, of uh, 
freaking Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are going to cancel out whatever McDaniel tries to do. I, I, when they've got him where they want him, Miami's going to find a way to pull this out. I think just like I talked about with the Cincinnati and Pittsburgh game, Miami wins this by a field goal. But if McDaniel, let's say if Josh McDaniels was back at offensive coordinator, Belichick would probably be able to win this game by a touchdown easy. Mark Stone, our guest week one NFL picks here on the Trevor J. Brown show. Cleveland and Carolina. This is one of those games, Stone, you get Baker Mayfield going up against his own team. I told you last week, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but there is a side of me where I'm sort of rooting for him because of how he was screwed over in Cleveland. With that said... I just feel like Cleveland's the better football team here, even even with the quarterback situation. Watson's obviously not playing. I, I think it'll be closer than uh, than a lot of people maybe think, but I'm going to take Cleveland on the road here. You know what? Have you seen those new Baker Mayfield off-the-leash T-shirts? No. I'll tell you what. He's got them all ready for this game. He, he's running a promo for you buy one get one free on bakermayfield.com off the leash t-shirt anyways regardless of baker mayfield's cocky arrogance attitude i do remember last time i checked it was matt job <laughs> running the show yeah. over there in carolina Holla. Like you. no that's dmx like you. <laughs> it's like I'm getting you. people confused and it's like you trevor both of these teams have been in through so much turmoil during the offseason. I just think Kevin Stefanski's a better coach, and I agree mm-hmm. with you. Cleveland's the better roster. Take Cleveland plus two in this one. I would even bet Cleveland on the money line. They come into Carolina with all the pomp and circumstance that Baker is throwing out there, and they defeat the Panthers. Panthers need to win this one to even have a shot at being in the playoff conversation. I don't think it happens. Well, and you, we, we, we talked a little bit last week about coaches that are on the high seat going into the season you mentioned uh, Matt Jaw Rule I mean Carolina's the type of team stone if they start off like one and three one and four he could be done very early for Carolina the reason why he hasn't been done is because David Tepper paid a crap ton of money even though it's probably like a freaking nickel <laughs> <laughs> according to the amount of money that David Tepper has but yeah. just like like signing Deshaun Watson by that other dumpster fire they're facing in the Cleveland Browns this week to a fully guaranteed contract I think David Tepper wants to try to see this out for a little bit before he cans a coach who's one of the top five highest paid coaches in the league Colts and Texans on Sunday let it be the rejuvenation of Matt Ryan. I am on the Colts bandwagon this season. I We've been talking about this defense stone for last season, and now they get better defensively with some of the additions. You bring in Matt Ryan, a nice seasoned quarterback to go with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. I don't care who's coaching Houston. I don't care what who's playing quarterback for him. I like the Colts to take care of business and open up with a win. Agreement with you here. However, I do like the fact that Houston's at home. We're talking about another interdivisional game. I think Lovey Smith is putting this team in the correct direction. They're building with defense. Nick Casario's done a great job in the draft this past year. So good. I think Bill Belichick wished he was back. Um, offensively, they're doing things right. They're going to keep General Mills 
out of the way of trying to make plays and just game manage and run the football. I think that's enough of a of a formula for Houston to not pick up the win, but to not lose by a touchdown, which is right now what the line is. So again, we're talking about some flavorful lines here. Not the Cardstone bet of the week, but it might be one of my top three I lay some money on, but I do have the Colts winning this. Saints and Falcons, noon, Sunday, Atlanta. I like New Orleans on the road. Yeah, let me uh, let me see what I got. Yeah, I'm in agreement here. A lot of people are really, really liking Atlanta, the plus five and a half. They don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. And again, we're talking like we were an interdivisional game, but I think the Saints roster is just better. Atlanta may surprise people here, but I do think the Saints win in agreement. If I'm going to give a lock of the week, I have uh, one a little bit later on, but I'll give a bonus one here. I think the Ravens smashed the Jets. I, I don't think this game is, is close. Uh, I, I feel like Lamar Jackson is on a uh, on a mission. Uh, same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes didn't like how last season ended. Lamar Jackson didn't like how last season ended. I love the Ravens' defense this year. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the Ravens really go in and, and uh, just smack the Jets around. Agreement on the Ravens winning. However, I do not think the Ravens cover the plus seven. I think it's going to be within a touchdown. I think the Jets are going to surprise people playing at home, especially if Zach Wilson goes. I think they're going to be able to stay in this game with some big plays that the Ravens give up. And it could always be a backdoor cover, too, Mm -hmm. where the Ravens, like you say, are smashing them. They're up by 14 or whatever or up by 13 and the Jets get a late touchdown to make it, to make it, uh, you know, respectable. So that could happen as well. I just don't see them get beat by, by more than seven at home. And that's where the line's at. But I agree with you at Baltimore is going to make a statement with a win here. Jacksonville visits Washington to play the commanders. Uh, I don't really have high hopes for either one of these teams. Flip a coin. Give me the home team. I'll take Washington. Agreement. Washington Riverboat Ron needs to silence all the noise. Easiest way to do that is to have a hot Jacksonville team that everybody's talking about going to be improved. Come to town, have Carson Wentz prove his doubters, play a typical game manager style game. 60% completion, maybe 270 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 14-10 win. It's Riverboat Ron style, folks. Washington wins. Green Bay and the Minnesota Vikings Sunday, 325. Ooh, man. You know, early on, Stone, I had the Vikings winning this game, but I flip-flopped a bunch like uh, Dr. Scott Jensen on the abortion issue. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Green Bay here on the road. Was it Dr. Scott Jensen on the abortion issue, or was it former Minnesota Vikings center Matt Burke? Well, no, Jens- I- Jensen had an ad that like just came out as we have been recording here this evening about how it's like a constitutional right, and as a governor, he has no power to change anything. So the- there's a new ad out. I encourage people to... Uh, to check it out it's late breaking news here on the trevor j brown show we just got that from hack actually so thank you hack 
but yeah. but who do you who do you we just we just went hardcore political for like thirty seconds. Back to back to Candyland here. Who, who do you who do you like in the Packers Vikings game? Well, what I was going to say for two seconds is we got to make sure we consider our source. It's coming from hack. It could be fake news. That's but true. I believe. I believe on the on the flip flop. And even though I don't, I think it could form a schism between yeah. Doctor Scott Jensen and Matt Burke yeah. on this flip flopping. Anyways, I have the Minnesota Vikings winning this game. I'm not trusting. Everybody's like, oh, the Packers have always found another receiver when those other receivers leave. You know what they have found another receiver but now it sounds like alan lazard who was the guy in waiting isn't gonna go in this game i'm not trusting romeo dobbs trying to be the number one christian watson can't do it what are you gonna roll out old randall cops bones <laughs> win this one hey you know i uh, come on i mean I just don't see it. I think the Vikings get a close win here. They cash in on their momentum in it. Just like last year when Green Bay got their ass kicked against New Orleans in week one. I think it's going to be a gut check for Green Bay and then they get things right. So, yes, give me Minnesota. I don't I don't like using the term trap game in week one because we haven't seen any of these teams yet for real. It's a trap. But, but I will say this. I can see this happening. And, in fact, I'm going to pick it as my now watch this team's gonna get their ass kicked on sunday so whatever money you have uh throw it opposite of what i'm gonna tell you but i'm gonna take the new york giants on the road to go into nashville and beat the tennessee titans (laughs) you would um brian dable's gonna realize that this game he needs to start calling plays again mike vrabel's been doing nothing but getting disrespected all during the offseason and being told how crappy his team is because you've just walked into the stone cold lock of the week baby give me tennessee brian dable realizes after this week mike kafka can't call plays he was hired to call offensive plays he will be the offensive coordinator daniel jones is going to be getting sacked left right left right left and right again yes give me the titans at home raiders and the la chargers sunday 325 you know what this is a a a, a nice matchup it's gonna be a good game but both of these teams let's just take a little bit of a step back here on the hype i mean i get that vegas was a playoff team last year they have expectations i like mcdaniels coming in but my goodness, I mean, people are very high on them. And with the Chargers, I love what they've done defensively. Justin Herbert is a lot of fun to watch. They have a really good offense. But come on. I mean, this is a team that wasn't even a playoff team last year. Now people are thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. I get sometimes to look at Cincinnati last year. They weren't a playoff team. Then they went all the way to the Super Bowl. I get those things happen. But generally, there's a little bit of a progression as things go on. So, I mean, this week they're playing each other. Give me L.A. Agreement here. I picked the Chargers to win this game even before, like, months back. I think they win this game again. I will not bet this game. I will be running as far away from this game as I possibly can because it can't go either way. But I think it's enough with the Chargers being at home that they pull this out in a division matchup. Chiefs and Cardinals? Ooh. You know what? Well... I'll tell you what, doesn't look good for my uh, Super Bowl pick if Kansas City lays a turd in this game. So uh, based upon my Super Bowl pick, I'm going to take Kansas City in this game. Agreement. Cardinals just just been so much what I want to call it 
turmoil during this offseason. I think they need an ass kicking from Kansas City to come in to get them right sized. So give me the Chiefs as well to win this game. All right. So I gave you a, a bonus, a bonus uh, lock with Ravens over the Jets. In these last two games, Stone, I'm going to stick my neck out and give you two more locks here. <laughs> I'm going to give you two more locks. And uh, I think we might disagree for sure on one of them. Sunday night football, Tampa Bay and Dallas. I'm locking in fat boy slim. Give me Mike McCarthy and them Cowboys. You know what? I don't necessarily like that. I don't necessarily hate that pick because of the fact that Dak Prescott has had some of his best lines against Tampa Bay, even with this defense, and they're at home. They're up against the wall. Everybody's expecting. But everybody's expecting them to, to again, pull off an upset rebound, and then you've got turmoil over on the Tampa Bay side and everything like that. However, there are two things going here, okay? Two things. Number one, you mentioned it. Mike McCarthy. McCarthy may have this game within hand down to the wire or whatever, but he's going to blunder it up somewhere to allow Tampa. If you allow Tampa into the game late, who do you got on the other side? That's right. Tom Brady coming in with Chris Godwin. Sounds like he's healthy. Mike Evans is going to be a go as well. They got Julio Jones running out of the thing and big fatty Leonard Fournette coming up out of the back. I think this team finds way. Oh, and don't mention hamburger helper Kyle Rudolph. Oh. Also at tight end as well. I mean, they've got options here to get up the field quickly and to score to win the game. I think that's enough for McCarthy to leave the door open. If they're within six, Dallas Cowboy fans – Pop another 12-er. You may need it for that final two minutes because I picked Tampa Bay to win this one. But if I was going to bet the game, I may bet Dallas at two and a half. I don't think I don't think Tampa wins by a field goal. I will tell you what. The only way Tampa Bay wins this game is if Giselle moves back in to the Brady homestead by the weekend. Ooh, has that been official that she moved out? <laughs> Well, that's what, well, you gotta, you gotta cite your sources. That's what the New York post says. I don't know how, how legit the New York post is, but that's, that's, well, that's what it said. Um, I don't know. I, I just, th- there's just a lot of distractions with everything going on with Tampa Bay. And I look, Tampa Bay is still like a much better football team than, than what we mentioned with Arizona, but you mentioned kind of the turmoil and the distractions with Arizona all off season. I feel like that's been a big part of it with Tampa Bay and part of it with Tampa Bay is the Tom Brady stuff. And I know he's Tom Brady and he's probably still going to be in in the MVP conversation, but there's other things with the team too, that I look at and it's like, okay, I, you know, like Bruce Arians being done. And then now Todd Bowles is the coach. And I like Todd Bowles. I think he can be a good coach, but you have, you have a new guy taking over. You have like, I know it's going to be kind of the same type of stuff, but it's it's a different guy. It's a different way things are being done. And when one of your main guys, the guy, wasn't in the building for 10, 11, 12 days trying to work with some of these guys who are new to the system like a Kyle Rudolph, I don't know how big of a part Kyle Rudolph is going to play in things or Julio Jones, but I just think with Tampa it's going to take some time 
to get things going in the season. You, t- you mentioned Green Bay last year when they opened in New Orleans and kind of got that ass kicking. I can kind of see that happening here in this game where, like, Dallas comes out and they're not that great. I'm not a, I'm not a Cowboys guy. I'm not taking them to win the whole thing. But if there was a game on the schedule where it's like, oh, this could get out of hand a little bit, it, it could be this game. But, but like – the problem with that philosophy and me saying that is the coach on the other side is Mike McCarthy. So you, you win in that argument. The, my other lock of the week, I, I love Russell Wilson and the Broncos going to Seattle and winning that game. All agreement with you. Denver's going to win this game. However, I don't think it's going to be the kind of blowout everybody's talking about with the six and a half. I think Pete Carroll's going to do enough here. It's going to be a rah-rah game for him to keep it close. You're going up there and you're facing the 12th man. So, yes, I do think Denver wins this game. I think they're in control for most of it, but I don't think they win by a by a by a touchdown but it'll be the last game this season too that seattle has a really really good showing well when geno smith is your quarterback i mean my my goodness dude <laughs> who what will what is more likely more touchdowns thrown by russell wilson or more interceptions from geno smith that's the question i think i think the most likely thing is me getting a pizza from geno's east <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before I let you go, what what are you making on Sunday for for opening opening Sunday of football? Oh, oh. yeah, I think I'm gonna whip. I got some wings that I need to whip up around here, so the wings is definitely coming out. Uh, maybe cook up some chili if it's yeah. gonna. I, yeah. You just don't know around right now if it's going to be a heat wave yeah. or what's going on. We're going to have, of course, the usual two, some some meat and cheese yeah. and crackers. You may be doing a charcuterie uh, type of thing, you know, uh, tray. Fancy. You know, fancy. Maybe go with a caprese salad, too, you know, kind of, kind of again, freshen yeah. it up, you know. So, yeah, I think that's what they – it's kind of all dependent upon the weather outside. It's yeah. not necessarily fall when you're, you're pushing 90 degrees. I'm doing chili. I, I don't care what the temperature is. We're going to do a big pot of chili and I'm making brownies, damn it. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. So looking forward to it, man. And uh, we appreciate the picks for week one. Let's win some money and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Trevor. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure coming on. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Damn right. It's Mark Stone, and this is The Trevor J. Brown Show. This is The Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Can't get enough of The Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For bonus content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now, tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. All right, be sure to tune in tomorrow. Bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. This week, we are continuing to build our thousand song playlist. In my opinion, my thousand most favorite songs, but also, in my opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Tomorrow on the playlist, we are adding songs from Sinead O'Connor, Joan Osborne, 
and Loretta Lynn. Last week, in case you missed it, we added tunes from the Beatles, Carly Simon, and Johnny and June Carter Cash. You can follow along with the playlist on Spotify. Just search for The 1000 Songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. So again, tomorrow, Sinead O'Connor, Joan Osborne, and Loretta Lynn. Then next Saturday, the 20, excuse me, the 17th, we will add three more songs. And then for the final Saturday of the month, we will have a local Minnesota music Saturday with music from Capital Sons and Oman. Looking forward to playing some reggae tunes for you here on the program. We'll also throw in some chairman of the board as well. So that's what's coming up. Bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company.